0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Six, and Father. As we were discussing in our last episode, I have begun to have the Catechism read to me, and at least the version that I have, it's I believe it's the American version of the Catechism. It's kind of broken into into sections where there's you know religious bases, something from the Bible, telling you this is. Applicable. This is the part we want to talk about. That's there's normally a saint about how he applied it or how she applied it, and then there's kind of a how would you apply this to your life? Kind of ask some questions and stuff and think about stuff. And a lot of the stuff that, at least in the beginning, that we have discussed, I've kind of already gone through. But another thought that wasn't directly in the catechism itself struck me, and this is when it was in the section when we they were discussing about the heresies that people brought up about Christ. Either he wasn't fully human or he wasn't fully um, God and fully divine. And I was kind of getting to thinking of of it, looking at it from being a a devil's advocate or or trying to see all sides. Like, how could you even come up with this thought that you would then let alone make it a heresy that you're prescribing to thousands of people. And, walking through that and seeing how the church teaches that Jesus is both fully human and fully divine, it made me start thinking about Jesus himself on a little bit of a deeper level. And the thought had come to me, and and this is knowing that the heresy is wrong, um, that Jesus definitely chose to do things in what would be equivalent of a hard mode setting. Like he did not take any of the easy routes or easy ways that he could have done his public ministry. Even if you take the mindset he had no divinity in him whatsoever, he chose everything the hard way. You know, he could have just stayed in his neighborhood and just talked to all of his friends. He could have chose for his apostles people who were already kind of outstanding citizens that people go, this guy knows religion. So, like, if this was modern day, choose a bunch of well regarded bishops and priests to be your apostles. But instead, and this is the one who keeps coming to me, so correct me if I'm wrong. He chose Matthew, who is a tax collector, who basically the Romans said, you need to go and get 200 bucks. You can collect your own payment on top of that. And if anyone doesn't want to pay you, we'll send the army in to rough them up, which is extortion. I mean, if, if you put that in modern day terms, that's what the mafia did. That's extortion. Um, you know, you're either gonna pay us protection money or we're gonna break your store. Um, and that's one of his well-known apostles, and that's who he started building his faith around. People who were we don't wanna hang out with them. Why why would we want to be? be next to them, and this is the primary people God wants to give all of his knowledge to? Like, what's up with that? You know, that there are so many easier routes that Jesus could have taken than he did. Before we even start looking at at, at all of the miracles, just from the way he structured his being, and the thought came to me, and sorry, this is a long-winded way of of getting there, is if Jesus chose to do everything the hard way, why are we as a human nature so prone to take the easy way out? So why are we prone to take the, we'll have someone else take care of it. I don't want to do it because it's harder. Um, and that is a, a, a human element. Um, that's applicable to all of us we all have somewhere in us that gnawing of i'll just do that later procrastination is obviously one way it shows up but um I, i i just wanted to discuss that because in some ways by doing everything the hard way means that we have no excuses for not stepping up for what our responsibilities are so i wanted to to start with that concept and see if even if it was correct or not, but it was a thought that I had that originally stemmed from the catechesis and then jumped out of what it was trying to tell me at the time, but my mind just started going in circles, and I wanted to uh, to discuss it with you because you know stuff, to say it bluntly. <laughs> so the, the question is again? The, the question is, if Jesus, first off, to, to validate the thought that Jesus did choose things to do harder than he needed to. And then the question being, why is it so prevalent for people to take the easy way out?
1: Um, Well, hard and easy is a a, a little bit of something we have to be careful about. Um, One of the things about virtue, as we discussed, is that as you grow in virtue, the, the right thing becomes easier. So as we set out to grow in virtue the right thing might be more difficult. You can always make the analogy with athletics. You know, it's uh it's very hard for me to run 5 miles. Uh for somebody who runs marathons, running 5 miles is relaxation. And and that happens as we grow over time. And so uh it's actually Immanuel Kant had the idea that something is more valuable if it's harder. And that's a false idea. So it's, it's not the hardness which makes it more valuable. It's the, it's the rightness which makes it more valuable. When our fallen nature is oriented against things that are right, uh, then the right thing tends to be harder. But that's not the ultimate goal. And so um, even what Jesus did might seem hard to us, but might seem not so bad to him. Uh, he wasn't necessarily always doing the hardest thing. Now, ultimately... Uh, ascending the cross I mean the passion entered into all of our suffering um, and and redeemed us so uh, that was pretty hard the, the cross the cross actually by its nature embraces all hard things it embraces all wounds it embraces all suffering it embraces everything that's uphill and and rubs the wrong way um, because Jesus wanted to be with us in all of those uh, most difficult moments of life and so he enters into that so it's kind of the summation of that, but again, it's not necessarily the case that that harder makes it better, um, more right, more good is what makes things better, not not a harder. So, um, so but but Jesus, uh, you know, his mission is bigger than we can imagine. I mean, his mission was to redeem everyone for all time. So it was to proclaim the Father's love to the ends of the earth or at least initiate a process that would do that within the limits of his human nature, which he was, uh, is God, but he also was fully human. And so he lived within the confines of human nature, but, um, he didn't personally go to the ends of the earth. He, he abided by his, his limited human nature and he lived in the place where he was, um, born and raised in, and. uh, Israel and Judah and Jerusalem, and Nazareth, and uh, so and then he took on this uh, the the hardest struggle that ever existed because it, he was taking on the prince of this world, and so um, and he did that for the sake of our salvation for all of us. It's a it's a universal invitation to uh, transformation in Christ and salvation from uh, from evil from sin and. Um, So, why do we take the easy way out? Well, uh, you know, we a basic mode that we follow is that uh, pain is bad and you know pleasure is good. It's uh, and and we tend to avoid places of of heavy psychological pain in particular. Our, Our our interior is arranged around avoiding psychic pain, and we we try to find an easier path than uh than one that would really be, uh, more painful, I guess. And so, uh, I think we're, we're oriented that way also because we're, we're made for heaven. You know, I mean, we're, we're made, uh, the basic emotional structure is that what is good feels good. So joy comes from the possession of the good. What is evil feels bad sadness. And if we're moved to overcome it, anger, uh, and, and flight, uh, fear, those all come from bad things. And so we're, we're basically oriented away from, from bad things. Now, we get some distorted thinking that's caused by sin, which makes it seem that things that are bad are good. And that's the, the twisting that St. Paul talks about in, in Romans. Uh, I think it's in Romans where uh, he talks about there, people will be attracted to, will call evil good and good evil. And we do that when we, you know, I don't know, make a meal out of dessert or something like that. Uh, evil, evil is maybe a little bit strong of a word to use for that. But we, uh, when we try to take the easy way out, a lot of times it's a matter of, a ch- of choosing what seems to be good because it's easy in the, in the short-term, it's pleasurable in the short-term, but uh, in fact is bad. It has long-term negative consequences. And then we suffer. It turns out to be worse for us in the long term. And so, what was easy at the outset is worse in the long term. And uh, and, and that would be one way to interpret Jesus' statement about you know um, broad is the way that is uh, uh, easy and leads to death, and and narrow is the way that leads to life. And but choose the narrow way. Um, follow the path of good. Good is a narrow way because. Uh, there's, you know, there is a kind of greatest good that we can choose at every moment, and it's there's there's one greatest good. There are many goods, maybe, and uh, but there's one greatest good, and that's the one we keep choosing, and so it can be a very narrow way that we follow, which is the the way of Christ Himself.
0: And as you were talking about psychological pain, there, I had another note from. Um, from my thoughts rolling around the catechism there, um, along the, the same lines here of I, – I, we've discussed this in the past, and I, this is a new thought that I've had, trying to put myself in this situation of various points in the Bible and, and from perspectives. And when the moment happens that during the Passion, when Jesus is on tr- front of trial in front of the town, and this just might be the visualization I have from the way The Passion was filmed, the movie. But in my head, it's basically, he's at the top of these steps with thousands and thousands of people below him. And on the one hand, we have Jesus here, and on the other hand, there's Barabbas. And it made me think about, well, why did Why did the Jews want Barabbas aside from he's not that guy, which I certainly understand people will vote just because you're not that guy. I get that. Um, But looking at Barabbas himself, he's a militant guy who was trying to get rid of the Romans for the nation of Israel, not the faith necessarily, but the nation. Um, We're going to kill the oppressors that are taking our land. And you can see how that's a natural, like, yeah, let's go for that. That makes sense on a certain level. Someone took something that's mine. I would like it back um, from a national standpoint. And from the perspective of Jesus, which is the faith, is that all of his teachings were essentially the opposite. When he says, turn your cheeks so that your other can be struck um, and that we shouldn't live eye for an eye. And essentially, in a very real way, Barabbas is representing, if not is, the political power versus diving into the faith and him being in Jerusalem teaching for years now and being in his public ministry for at least three years to this point, all of the miracles he's done, some of them might've even been at some of these miracles he's had. He might've even been feeding these people once or twice and to see them all turn for what is completely missing the boat of everything he's teaching before we even deal with all the physical pain of the stations of the cross that we discuss all the time that to me seems to be about as big of a psychological pain blow that you can have. And to, to have that, I know there's not a lot of time where he dwells on after the fact, obviously, but to think about that, about that synopsis really seems devastating. Um, And also correct me if I'm wrong about any of the, the analogies I've, Done in my research about, about barabbas or anything because I'm not gonna say all my sources might have been perfect um but from the way I read, that kind of seems to be the consensus of of the guy so um with that being said, I don't know if that's totally on the mark or off bait, but that seems to be in terms of psychological pain. I don't think you can get much more than that,
1: yeah. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of uh, again where where Jesus where we talk about Jesus entering into all of our suffering. You know, we mean that in the most general way—psychological, uh, spiritual, physical. Um, he really enters into all of our suffering, and you you spelled out quite nicely how painful it would be to be rejected in that way. Cho- you know, uh, uh, left behind. You know, chosen to die instead of Barabbas, who's chosen to to remain and they uh and you described very nicely the kind of political power that Barabbas re- represents compared to the 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 heavenly kingdom that Jesus represents the uh, spiritual power maybe you could say um so that's uh yeah that's certainly a terrible weight for Jesus to bear after all that he did uh, then to be overlooked that way rejected that way in favor of of worldly power and But that's what we do all the time you know we turn to that which is uh, immediate and has some value for us and we let go of the spiritual value we we choose the short term and we we forsake the long term and uh choosing you know immediate gratification instead of entering into a committed relationship of love is an example uh Anytime that we're, we're trying to take the shortcut and not really develop relationships, not really look to the long term, not, not initiate processes, which may take a while but uh, would also grow much more uh, substantially. You know, we were talking in the last episode about catechesis, and there's always a desire to kind of take the shortcut route in forming people in faith. You know, what are the magic words? What are the five formulas? What are the things that I can say and just teach people and then they'll be uh, converted and Catholic and whatever, and then I can move on to the next person? Or how can I convert a thousand people at a time? I don't have time for this one-on-one. I don't have time for accompaniment. And um, those, are, those are the ways that we try to choose the, the easy way out. We try to choose the political power. We choose worldliness instead of choosing God's way of doing things. Uh, God is always working at the slow game. God is working at personal transformation. God is spending time with us personally. Uh, God is waiting for us to understand before he teaches us the next next thing. He's not flooding us with information and expecting us to get all of it. So uh, all of that is a a matter of slowing things down and teaching, forming, assisting, helping, evangelizing according to each individual's. Needs and uh, and to really honor the the uniqueness of of each individual as we as we share the faith with them,
0: and as we think about how that is contrary to so much of what our society is built around, you know, I, I certainly understand the "just tell me what to do and I'll do it" mentality. You know, you give me these six steps, I'll just do it. And we will be in a better situation. Um, I mean, it's to a certain degree that's how we literally build things. You know, you start this, put your foundation down, put up your framing, you know, so on and so forth, and you know it'll work. But when we talk about the difference here of looking through Christ, that that's not how individuals work because we can make a hundred of the same houses all the way up and down the street and that's totally okay but people are not all exactly the same up and down the street you know each one of the people who live in those houses are going to be vastly different in a lot of ways so how could there be you know a mass production system of that if you will and just quickly thinking about any time in history anyone's tried to do a mass production of people idea it's never worked out well um you know, you, you can maybe make the argument that the way we educate people has been positive in world history, in putting them all through the same general education class. But even with that, there's so much individualism within the process um, that it's not exactly an apples to apples analogy. So, with that being said, Father, we we, we discussed a lot um, here and a lot of thoughts that had come to me just from from beginning listening to the, the, the the U S catechism. And by no means am I done with it yet. It's 17 hours long or 19 hours long rather. And, um, and I'm probably about three hours into it. And I'm having all of these extra thoughts that are spinning out of it. And part of this might be what you just said, God doesn't do in that he told me one step and I'm trying to jump to three steps ahead, Um, partially maybe because I'm impatient or maybe it's the way that the book's designed that we should think about things outside of its pages. But, um, But that's kind of what has been coming to me, and I'm sure that as a result, I'll have more conversations in the future about where I'm wrong and random thoughts that I've had about it. So um, so with that being said, Father, I want to give you a chance. I know we got a, a minute or so left in today's episode about something that you know, we can carry forward with us into, into the future week.
1: Great. Yeah. Well, I think uh, continuing to soak things in, uh, I, I like Pope Francis talks about how uh, time is greater than space. He says, initiating processes is more important than controlling spaces. And so um, what's the process that's going to lead you, that's going to lead me closer to the Lord? What, what step can I take or what process can I form? What plan can I develop that's going to get me a little bit closer? That's where we're looking at the long game rather than the short game. And uh, I appreciate you listening to that uh, 17-hour uh, reading of the catechism of the, I think you're, you're saying the United States Catechism for Adults, uh, which is a kind of particular national catechism that takes the universal catechism and pulls certain things out and expresses things in different ways and highlights some things that are American, like our American history and our American saints. Um, but that's uh that's great investment. That's the long game. And then taking time to talk about it while you're taking it in, listening to it is, uh, it's just wonderful. So encourage all of our listeners to do that.
0: Perfect. And we thank everyone for listening. And we definitely thank everyone who has um, put in a five star review or have left a comment. Um, our search results come up much higher when you do that. And we thank you all who have and if you haven't, uh, please do so.